You're listening to Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jem. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Screenwriters Need to Hear This. My name is Michael Jammon. And what's your name, Phil Hudson? Phil Hudson. All right. That's a little redundant. Okay. Uh, so today we're going to do something special. I say that every time uh, for the podcast. But today I thought we'd, today's episode is called Audition Etiquette for Actors. So I think we have some actors in the, in the group who want to hear this. And so I was going to give you my perspective. I want to hear this. I'm actually very you excited for this, this topic because okay. you've had this in the notes, something to talk about for a minute. And I was actually pretty bummed we didn't talk about it when it was scheduled to go up. So I'm now we're talking about it. Here's just my two cents. Uh, so first of all, as you know, I don't know if people don't know this or they don't know this, but when an actor auditions, the first step is to read for the casting director. So sometimes people come out and they reach out to me, hey, uh, can you put me in your show? No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, your let's first actually step back, is you, I think we should give people context of why they should listen to you when you're giving audition etiquette for actors. Why, why should okay. you listen to, why should an actor listen to Michael Jammer? I don't know, oh, because I'm the one who cast them. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. That's pretty much why. Um, you know, other, obviously lots of people do this, but um, so the first step is to, you know, the casting director has to call you in and they're, you know, they know what the role is and they will read with you and then they'll choose their favorite five or 10 actors to bring to producers. Now, when we say producers, that's an expression. You're going to producers. Producers are really just high level writers, mostly. So I'm, sometimes there are non-writing producers in on the casting session. For, but for the most part, in my experience, it's really just upper level writers who are casting the show. So Keep that in mind. You're reading for the writers of the show, even though you're told producers. So if you want to get a job from a writer, it's pretty, it's probably, this is how it works in TV. In film, it's different. But in, in TV, the writer's in charge. And so you want to give the writer what the writer wants. And the writer wrote a script. So keep that's your first clue. Uh, <laughs> you do, do what the script tells you to do. Um, now, it's a little different now but because of COVID and things are going online where it's like a lot of people are self-taping and you record and you're, you go to a self-tape place and you put yourself on, on tape and you submit that. But some, I'm sure there are still somewhat in, in-person auditions and there were certainly a lot more back in the day before the pandemic. But the I guess the stereotype is people go into an audition, the image they have in their head is like, and you have a bunch of weary faces unfriendly faces on the opposite side of the table, kind of just almost staring daggers at you, you know, improve, impress me like that kind of thing. If that's the image you have in your head, I just want to dispel that from you. The truth is we want you, we want you to hit it out of the park. We're, we're begging for you to hit it out of the park. We want to give you the role so that we can end this because in my opinion, casting is not really the fun part of the job. It's something we have to do. We have so much other responsibilities. We have to, um, you know, we have write. We have, there's a lot of writing we have to do. That's the first and foremost job of a writer. We have to write. And so we have a lot of work to do. So the casting is something we have to do in addition to the writing. And it's keeping us from doing the real job, which is the writing. So the faster we can get through casting, the more time we have to go back and do our, our jobs, which is to write. This is just how I feel, okay? And so, I, I mean, in the beginning, you're still, hey, casting, it's fun, but it kind of gets old, you know, you, you really want to go back and do your job. And so in my opinion, we're not trying to intimidate you. We're, we're looking at you with like pleadingly, please do this right. So we can cast you and stop looking because like, you know, don't, we don't, I'm, we're done looking. We don't want to work in it. So we want you to hit it. We want you to do well. We want you to hit out of the park. 
we want you to give us what we're looking for. And so I'm going to kind of go over what some of those things are to hopefully so you can give the writer what they want so you can get the part. Uh, and also just keep in mind that, you know, there might be five people. Let's say we read 10 people for the part. Maybe three of them can do it great. And then at some point you just have to choose. And so two people are going to go home very disappointed. What did I do wrong? Nothing. We just had to choose somebody. And, you know, we had to choose. So, the, you know, that's it. You did nothing wrong. Now with a lot of taping, a lot of auditioning is done on self-tape. And so, which is a different experience for us, for as a, as a writer or producer, having to look at all that tape, it's obviously a different experience. And now I, uh, and so the reality is when I'm in production on a show, off, you know, we're often on set, we're shooting, and then we have to cast next week's role. And so we open up a laptop, we start looking at it. Still, again, don't have a lot of time to do this. And so if you come out of the gate, if I look at your audition and you're low energy, or you're not doing it right, or you're saving it for later to build or whatever in the scene, you just lost, lost a part because I'm just going to hit next, hit next. You got to understand, I'm, I'm watching this at lunch. You know, I'm watching this at lunchtime or in between scenes. I don't have a lot of time. I'm just looking for the right person and give them the part. And so don't save anything. And if I have to watch, if I'm watching this at the end of the day, after a long day of shooting, after a long day of like 14 hours on set and I come home and now I have to watch uh, footage for, you know, to cast the next episode, I'm exhausted. I want to go to bed, you know? So it's the same kind of thing. Just give me what I want. Someone please give me what I want so I can go to bed because I'm exhausted. That's, that's the reality of it. And so it's not really me like, ooh, this is going to be fun. It's more like, please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you, give, give, give me what I want. And I'm telling you, I put all, when I'm writing at least, all the clues are in the script. I'm not trying to hold anything. I'm not trying to keep everything a mystery from you. Everything is written there in the, for a reason. Um, and so that's, that's often why I say that actors should study writers as well. If you can understand how, how a script is written, what the role of a scene is and what the role of a character is in a scene, then you have a better chance of giving people like me what we want. Because again, writers are casting in film and TV and film directors are doing it, but in TV writers are doing it. So um, what else did I write down here? Uh, something people do, if, you, if you're just starting out, you're probably going to be going in for a small part. You're not going to be, you're not going to get up, be up for a lead. You're, you know, you start small, you start with one or two lines. Um, and so a lot of people will want to create an intricate backstory for their character. And that's fine. If your acting teacher told you to do that, I don't need that. I don't need that when I'm, I don't need you to think of a backstory. I don't think of a back for if your job, if your role is waiter number two, I don't need you. I don't need to ha have a backstory of how long you've been a waiter, how long, how you got the job, what your family life is like. I just want to know, can you hit that one line that we gave you? And that line, your job in that scene no one really cares about your, your job is really to service the story and to service the, what the character want, the main character, what they want. And you're just an obstacle in their way. That's why we wrote you in that script because to get in the way of what the main character wants, figure out. So if you can approach the script from that point of view, okay, this is not about me. This is about the main character. What's my job in this? My job is always going to be getting their way. That's what drama is. That's what comedy is. So if you can approach the scene from that point of view, figure out what the, what the character in this main character in the scene is. Now you are in their way. Now you can know how to act that part a little better. And we go into more, you know, obviously more in our, about this in the course, but that's, that's the, that's the, uh, you know, 30,000 foot version of this. 
Uh, one other thing we're looking for is uh, basically I want to know you're going to be acting next to often next to uh, opposite the the casting director, and I I understand that many casting directors aren't particularly good at acting off of you know even though many of them have an acting background, I've worked with some that are who aren't particularly good, and so you can they're a little loxy, they're a little, and so that's okay uh, if they're not giving you what you want. That's okay. You can, it's your, still your job to to bring it back, and if they're giving you notes and direction and adjustments, that's okay too, because I want to see, it's important to me to see how well you take adjustments, you know, even if yeah, they're wrong I, adjustments. Yeah. Can I, can I interject a couple of things here? Yeah. I think, I think, um, so I have experience with this. So I've had an <clears throat> acting agent since 2015, um, not done a ton of stuff, do a lot of auditions for a lot of things. Um, a lot of this stuff is very relevant to me because there are many times I go out and I feel like I hit it out of the park and I don't get cast in something, right? And so right. you saying you didn't do anything wrong is helpful because oftentimes I start questioning, well, what am I even doing here? Like why I put it all on the yeah. line. But I also, when prior to the pandemic, would go into a room and there would be seven Phil Hudson sitting in a room. Seven of yep. us who look identical. And... We even had a guy on Tacoma FD who got cast in something that I have literally sat in a room with three times on the Fox lot or other casting agencies because we looked very similar. And right. that's just part of it. Um, when you talk about casting and going for this, so just for people who don't know, basically everything I get right now is self-tape. It's They want you to set up a camera mm -hmm. in your home and read. One of the problems I run into is I have no one to read lines with me. Because there's, you're not sitting in a room with a casting director or a casting agent anymore. But I think there are self-taped places. My my daughter's friend's mom owns one where they you can act yep. against somebody. I think. Correct. Yeah. So I think there's real value where you can literally go in and you can pay just a small fee. They set up, they record it, right. they read the lines with you. That to me is well worth it, rather than trying to sit here and trying to record my voice timed and then read against myself. Because right. my wife is such an introvert, she would never do that. I had a friend who was an actor. He would come over and he would work stuff and direct me as I would go out for the, some of the stuff and I would do it for him. Uh, but he doesn't live here anymore. And so I don't have that resource. So I th that was what I was going to get to. There are those places who do that. Um, right. If you go in, because I have done both in-person casting, directing, the producer's section and self-tape. When you go in, my experience has been you're not even reading to the casting director. You're reading to their assistant. Their assistant is sitting there Sometimes, in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. You, you, gotta, you walk in, you stand on a line, there's a mark in front of you, there's a camera, they have you state your name, they get a slate, they move the camera up and down, state your, your age, all that stuff, and then you go into it. When you say that they're giving you an adjustment, my experience has been having completely shot the bed and bombed and also mm -hmm. felt like I did really well. That adjustment means they like what you're doing and they believe in you because they're just trying to get through. Like you're in a herd of people waiting to go in and read for this thing. Mm -hmm. When I don't get an adjustment, I feel like I failed, right? That could be, yeah. Right? It could be also yeah. that I did a perfect, I did great and I got, they got what they wanted. But typically you're going to get one or two takes and then they're just going to move on. And if they give you adjustments, my opinion has been, my experience has been it's because they like what you did. And that's typically when I'll get a producer callback is if I've done that. Yeah. So. And the adjustments are important for from my point of view, because you know, um, we may be on set and we like I may want it one way, my partner may want it a different way. And so can you take a note? Because some actors can't, you know, some new and actors I, can't. 
I've been the guy who can't. I've been so locked into the way I did it. One time I got a, a call back to go audition in Santa Fe, New Mexico for a role in a feature film. I drove the 12 hours to Santa Fe, stayed at a friend's house, went in for the audition with the director and the producers. I did it and they said, that was great. Matched exactly, that's exactly what we brought you in here. I'd love to see you do it this way because this character feels this way about this, this other person. You ready? Just take it as long as you need, it will go. And I did not take the appropriate amount of time to read through this. And I went mm-hmm. and I, I hate the fact that I did this, but I did the exact same thing that right. I had done in the previous day because it was so rehearsed over Locked a 12 in. hour drive. Um, yeah. They, they were kind enough to give me another go at it. And I just could not pull it off because I was just so right. locked in. So that yeah. flexibility of trying it several different ways and being playful in that room is so very important because mm-hmm. you never know what they're going to ask for in there. Right. Yeah. Right. Another thing is if you're, if you are auditioning for a comedy, you better know how to hit the joke. You better know how to land on that joke. And I don't know how to explain it better than that. Other than, you know, you know, if, if you hit on uh, jokes, have a rhythm da, 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 and it lands on it. And if you're just trailing off or if you don't know, if you don't stop, if so doesn't, if you don't land on it, where does the laugh come? And so there's nothing worse than a writer putting a joke in a script and an actor just not landing it. It's like, well, what do you, does, when you read it on paper, did it make you laugh? Did it seem funny? So why are you not performing it as if it's going to get a laugh? Mm-hmm. So that's something to consider. I have a note on that too. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. I know you talked about it on your social media and it was very kind of you to, to, to talk me up a little bit in there. Uh, but I was recently, recently got yeah. to play a role on Tacoma FD. Right. Uh, did, I don't know that we talked about it on here, uh, but we might have, we if we did, I'm, I forgive us. We talked about, I got well, bumped to be an associate producer. I don't think we talked about my acting. And that was because I'll do, I'll refresh people's memories. Like it's your story, but basically you know, so much about life is showing up and you want to be an actor and you've auditioned before and you're on set and the guy at the last minute, right? He cancels because he has COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And so the boss says, points at you, says, Phil, you're in. (laughs) Yeah, that's literally what happened. (laughs) And so that's how, yeah. And now you got your set card from that, right? Yeah, I did. I did. And so I went in and it was really interesting because um, I work with the showrunners and I've worked with them for several seasons kind of directly. Uh, but having one of the showrunners, Steve Lemmy directing the episode, having him actually give me notes on this, he gave me a really powerful tip that I think mm-hmm. is, is very, is exactly what you're talking about. Is like, how do you hit that joke? Cause I had this line that I had to say, and it had to kind of build into energy. And the first take I did it, I did it just what I thought was high energy. And he came over, he's like, great job. One thing that you did that everyone does is at the end, you go down in your voice. You want to go mm-hmm. up in your voice because that's going to sell this more. And yeah. I did, and I felt the difference. It was a completely different experience. And not that yeah. that's hitting the joke, but that's just a little note for any actors out there. When you're trying to sell something, you want to go up, not down, and we all naturally go down. Right, right. Yeah, let me know his way around a joke. He knows how to do it. Yeah, he does. Um yeah, and so those those moments, those joke moments, if it's a comedy, usually come at the end of the sentence, just so you know. And uh, and and like I said, if, when you read it, if you laugh, make sure you deliver it in a way that will get a laugh. Don't just think like, oh, well, I think it's funny. Like, 
no, man, we put it there for a reason. We want you to sell the, the laugh. Um, these are really small, but some things I've seen people do, and I guess it's for cell paving is different, but if you're going to producers, sometimes it's not always. I, I, I've seen, first of all, you don't need to be off book. It's okay if you're not off book. Off book means you, you haven't memorized. It's okay. You can refer to your script. You know, I don't. I understand when we shoot the show, you'll be off book, but now this is just an audition. So if you need to refer to it, don't worry. I'm not, that doesn't Most bother. agents, most agents will disagree with you on this, which is interesting, right? Because you're the guy who hires. Mm. But my agent literally will send an email, make sure you're off book, make sure you're off book. Then be off book, then be off book. So yeah. that's then, you know, that's that. There's your answer to that. So if they want you to do that, then fine. Um, well, it's in it. doesn't. I, I will say that it's very different than what I learned in the acting for life stuff I did with Cynthia and, and Jill, right? Where they, their whole thing is read it once and now you're acting so that you can pick up on those nuances. And I remember when Cynthia was like cast in friends, she told a story that they literally like said, Hey, we need you in here now. You need to come right now. And they sent her the script mm -hmm. and she walked in and she basically did it cold and she was able to do yeah. it because she'd exercised that muscle of reading the script yeah. once and playing the character. Um, so I don't know if it's more of an exercise thing or what, but I, I noticed this and I thought it was really interesting that you said it doesn't matter because I, I, I get beat up by my agent if I'm not. Uh, I've seen, you know, I've definitely seen ball. I don't, I have a problem. I don't have a problem, but you know, if your agent feels stronger than that, that's fine. One, this, I, this should go without saying, but, and again, I don't know if how many self people are auditioning in person, but I have audition people we were auditioning models at one for one show i was on and uh the woman did her part she's okay and then she finished it and as she's exiting she just threw this script into the garbage right <laughs> outside the door and oh, i was like no. it's like you I, I understand you're not going to keep this and frame it but don't throw the script away in front of the writer yeah. don't do that it's like Ooh. we worked hard on it and, and i know you printed it out it's your paper but just don't do it it's a bad message just wait until you're outside of the room to throw the script away don't Ooh. do it in front of my face because it says you think it's garbage it, it sends that message and even if it is garbage just hang on to it keep the secret from me like i just i was shocked that someone would do that it was a model anyway wow. uh it's, i don't know the fact that i have to tell people this um some people, a lot of people ask me, is it okay to ad lib in this, you know, ad lib a few lines? <clears throat> I think it's got a, I think it's dangerous. Uh, first of all, you're saying, you're telling the writer that you can do the job of writer better than they can. Not only you can read the actor, but you can do the job of writer better. And you know what? Maybe you can, maybe you can. Uh, maybe you can hit, put a different joke in there that, that it's actually better. But the problem is if, it, if you don't, if you strike out, that sends a really bad message. Then the writer's like, wow, they changed the line and then and then tanked it and then then ruined it. You know, they replaced it with something worse. That's a really bad message. So you better be really confident that your joke, your version of this line is gonna hit it out of the park. And often I'll see people ad lib line, like the very last line of the scene. They'll have a joke and they'll tag it with something else. I don't, that's fine. You know, they take a swing, that's fine. But to change a line, you're really, I, you know, and if it's better than what I wrote, hey, I'll be, I don't, I'll own up to it. You know, that's fine. I'm not so insecure that I can't live. I, you know, I, I'll fall to pieces. But if it's not, you're sending a message that you're a dick. And so <laughs> that's not the message you want to send. So just be confident that your line is better or else don't do it. You know, 
a good actor can make a bad joke great. They really can. They can really plus the material. They, he or she can make it better. Um, and sometimes they can do that with something, a re- just something really small and character without even changing the dialogue. They just hit the line a little differently. And that's, that's what you're paying that person for. And so they can add just a little, a little bit of something to a line. So you can think about that for each line. What can I, what kind of zing, what kind of little zets can I put on this line that no one else is going to put on it? Uh, by the same token, as I was just, I know I'm skipping around, but if you're reading for someone like Aaron Sorkin, <laughs> like some or Shonda Rhimes, don't change a word. Don't don't change a word. Just have a little respect for them. Even if you think you're going to make it better, just have some respect. They've earned the stripes. So don't change their stuff. Um, that's just how I feel about that. But uh, other than that, so yeah, that those are those are my big acting tips. But it really helps if you can go into the part knowing if I, that if knowing what the main character wants, knowing what the story is really about, so that you can be you can serve a role. Because honestly, for most small parts, you're really just a you're just a function. You're you're almost like a tool. You're a tool. You're a, you're there to service the main characters. It's not the you show. It's the them show because they're the stars of the show. How do I make them look good? How do I make the story look good? It's not yeah. about you. You know, you're not the star. You're not Jim Carrey. Hey, it's Michael Jammin. If you like my videos and you want me to email them to you for free, join my watch list. Every Friday, I send out my top three videos. These are for writers, actors, creative types. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. I'm not going to spam you, and it's absolutely free. Just go to michaeljammin.com slash watchlist. When you talked about this earlier, it reminded me of an experience I had on uh, when I was going to acting classes with Cynthia and Jill. Um, I think I talked about this on another episode, but it's definitely poignant here. I went in and I went up for a role, and I just kind of like phoned it in because mm-hmm. I just like felt like I had nothing to do. And my mm-hmm. buddy Cam was there, who's a, a pretty decent actor. And, um, they kind of worked with me on some stuff, and then on the ride, I just didn't feel it. And on the ride home, uh, he was like, in the way true friends are, he's like, you know why you sucked tonight, right? <laughs> he just like called me out. I was like, I don't know why I sucked. And he's like, it's because you felt like your role was meaningless. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I did. I felt like I just didn't have anything to do. He's like, right. You're. He's like, you're a writer. Every character is important. What right. was that character doing? And I thought about it and I said, oh, this is the character who has the conversation with the other actor that gets them to change. This is the turning point. Right. This is the realization. And so, yeah, like you said, I was the way I was the obstacle in the way of the actor getting what they wanted, forcing them to think about what they needed. Uh, and it yeah. felt pointless to me, but it's quintessential. To the, it's quintessential to yeah. the larger piece. And if you don't care about the part, the audience won't care about the part. If you don't care about what your character wants, the audience will not care. So you have to give it, you have to give it a hundred percent. You have, it, it's exhausting and you have to do that because if you don't care, they won't care and you won't get the yeah. part. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes actors who get, if you do get a part and you get to the table read the first day, that's the first day of, uh, you know, the rehearsal, you're lucky enough to get there. Don't phone it in. Don't, uh, don't save it for later. I'm saving it for show night. There will be no show night for you. You will be fired and replaced because no one, you know, we can't be the, the writers aren't going to take that risk. They're going to be, you know, we're worried if the part doesn't work. If you can't do it, we're like, uh-oh, they can't do it. Maybe we'll give a note to the director afterwards. Hey, 
can you get them to do this? And director, you know, they'll spend a day or so or, or not. But if you if they can't, you'll be fired because we're not going to take that chance. We got to make sure we have to make sure uh, that you can do this. And so sometimes even if the, if a regular, sometimes you'll see a regular star on a show, one of the stars will kind of phone it in or be a little lazy. Uh, but I turned that off. Be a little lazy. But um, that's them. Different rules for you. Different rules for the guest stars. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You, I think in your course, you have a directing video and you talk about voice actors. And I think there was a moment in there where you discuss um, when you're directing voice actors, if the actor's not working out in that format, you kind of give them a couple takes and then you say, thank you very much. You send them on their way and then you recast them because it's yeah. lower stakes, right? It's like a thousand bucks or something for the day. Yeah, it's even less. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think it's like 1600 bucks or something for like a minimum day of work on a TV show, like a, a live action yeah. show. So, and, and you can't re-record that. I mean, you, you're, nope. you're wasting everyone's time. But on a voiceover, hell, you know, it's, yep. it's so if you're doing voiceover, it's so easy to recast you. It's not even funny. So yeah. Uh, yeah, you so better you, bring it. Um, you got to do it, right? Yeah. 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 And I've replaced, you know, I've, I've, I've definitely been had to fire some some big actors on voice because they just couldn't do it or they weren't doing it. I'm like, fuck, screw it. I, I, it's fine. Thank you. I, yeah. You know, thanks for coming here's in. Here's your check. Right. Yeah. Here's your check. See ya. Because it's, it's very easy to replace them. Um, but the stakes to your point are, I think on, on an average show, as I understand it from a recent conversation with our line producer, $10,000 an hour to staff the show. And that's a 12 hour day. And yeah. after 12 hours, it goes up to 15 to $17,000 mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah. So, and then there are many shows that are shooting 14 hours a day just mm-hmm. to make their days. So, uh, I just want to repeat some of the highlights of what you said here for everybody, just to kind of make it a little more succinct. Number one, you need to start with high energy. And this is what you say in your writing too. Don't save the best stuff for the third act. The yeah. piece of advice you gave me very early on was take the funniest thing that you have and make it the first thing that you put in the script. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, come out swinging. Because it's going to make you have to be better than that. And I was like, oh my yeah. gosh, it's horrible. How can I ever start with the funniest thing I can come up with? And then try to be better than that. Like that's, that's it's an impossible task that you are asking of me. And yeah. every time you do, you come up with something better, and it pluses it every right. single time. So the same thing applies yeah. to acting. Number two, um, don't let it. So again, start high energy. Don't let it build. Start come out swinging. Three, um, you don't need to worry about backstory, right? And ultimately, every role is important. You're the obstacle in the way. So think about that. How can I be yeah. an obstacle to this person? When you're at the casting director, accept the adjustments, show that you have flexibility, show that you have range, um, but make sure that you show up and you do your best, even if you're not getting your reciprocal energy from the other person. Because yeah. a lot of times it's just them talking. Yeah, it's it, it can be hard a- acting against the casting director. Yeah, I understand that. We believe me, we know, but you still have to bring it. And I I gotta I want to repeat like. When I told some of this to my friend Jill, who you know, who's a who's a you know did a lot of acting in her day, a lot of big stuff, and uh, and she's like, oh, it never really occurred to me that way that when you are watching these tapes, that you have something else to be be doing, mm-hmm. and that you are just going to hit skip, 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 and that may seem cruel, but it's not. Someone's going to get the part. Someone mm-hmm. is going to give me what I want, and they're going to do it. They're going to come out swinging. So it's not really cruel. Someone's going to get the part. Only one person is going to get it. So yeah. the person who does it is going to get it. So it's not well, cruel. 
Well, to your note, and I think we talked about the podcast too. There was like one time on Marion, you were like, listen, you were sitting in a crack house that you had cleaned out. Yeah. And reset yeah. to be a crack house. And then you're like sitting in a chair watching things on a phone. Right? Cast. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't want to do this. I'm just, I'm going to get, give it to the part, give the part to the actor who's, who can get me out of the crack house faster. Yeah. I've seen plenty of times on our show too, where, you know, our showrunners write, act, direct, produce the show. And I've seen yeah. them come off a take, sit down in their chair, pull up their phone and watch auditions. And yeah. that's the situation there because they have to, because they are doing so many things. I've also yeah. seen one of our showrunners freak out at our at our casting directors because they didn't send the the stuff for the next block or the next episode in time and he now doesn't have as much time to dedicate to watching them as he wanted to because two days got chopped out from other him so now he's watching that under more duress than he normally would because he has to make a decision in 24 hours yeah yeah interesting yeah, I, and what those guys do is absolutely incredible. They work so hard. They have so many jobs, acting, directing, and writing. I'm like, oh, my God. They must be just exhausted. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they sleep for like three days after we wrap a season, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And the last thing on the list I had here that's really stood out to me was know how to land a joke. You need to make sure you understand if it's a comedy, this is the joke. But I would say that you need to be able to hit the beats, right? Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that I do that absolutely changed things for me in the way that I feel about these auditions, whether or not I'm being cast, I can hang my head high knowing I gave it my best shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in a directing class in film school, I was handed a sheet called act, called active acting verbs, which is mm-hmm. instead of giving a line reading, say, I want you to say it this way, it is you want to say with more energy, with more gusto. You right. want to be more, um, you're, you're, you're sad here. Um, what are those adjectives that would describe those verbs that would describe what you're how you want to read this. And when I read it, I do it what Jill and Cynthia taught me. I read it and I just write notes. What stood out to me? What do I know about this person? I don't think about a biography to say, I'm a man, I'm in a room, I'm a bartender, this is my coworker. Those are facts that I can right. get from it. The next thing I do, I was I will literally go in and I will write on there what energy I want to give each point. And there's plenty of times where I'm getting energy, multiple beats of energy in a sentence that I'm saying. Because it feels like that's what it should be. But that has really changed the way things I do things. Last note that Jill gave me in the method that they do is just absolutely brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. I really wish they still had these classes going because I would absolutely yeah. go to them again. Um, but one of the things she said, is, I think it was like my first class, she's like, you're reading it like it's a menu. And I said, I don't know what that means. She's like, you're reading it and you're stopping at every period. You're, 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 you're hitting every sentence. Think about right. how you actually speak. It's all a run-on sentence. Like you're not right. stopping for your periods. You're just kind of saying it. And then if you transcribe it, you put a period here and there. So just right. be more natural. And I was like, oh, that's a beautiful point. Like just be more yeah. natural. Yeah. Yeah. I had something else I was going to add now. I can't remember what it was. But um, oh, well. Oh, well. Yeah. It's, it's, probably, not, it's probably not important. But I, no, none right. of it's important. Um but yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, it, it, study it. You know, take. I would definitely encourage people to study acting, uh, and it's not just something like you just show up to do. Take it seriously. You're gonna have to invest in yourself, and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and do you it, feel hard? Uh, yeah. Um, I I had a thought right in the middle of it. I randomly found a YouTube video, and it was uh, I can't remember his name. Was Frankie Munoz? Is he the guy from uh, um, Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle? In the middle. 
Yeah. It was yeah. a clip and he was on Steve-O's podcast. And he was talking about how he gave up acting to become a professional race car driver at the height of his right. career. And he talked about, you know, oh yeah, I do think about it. Like what could have been, um, I was getting filled, I was filling hundreds of offers to be in things when I quit, but BMW gave me this chance to race and that's what I wanted to do. And I gave it up. Um, and I had to realize like any, and his, paraphrasing, but basically quote, like anything in life, if you want to be amazing at it, you have to put in the time and energy and effort to be good at it. And that's yeah. what I wanted to do with racing is be as great as I absolutely could. And that meant giving up my acting career. Right. So and it's the same thing with acting. I'm saying it's, acting is not just like showing up and, and playing make-believe. You really have to give, you know, there's a lot that, you, that needs to be learned and studied. Yeah. And so the we, more you we do would it, call those practice. We would call those those uh, classes workouts. Yeah, you yeah. show up and you work out. Yeah, and it's exhausting. And um, yeah, yeah. There you go. Did I hit everything? I wish I could remember that last that last point I had, but oh well. All right, that's it. I suppose is that it, Phil? Are we done talking about acting? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think you know, just general stuff. Make sure for anyone who's interested in more of this type of content, or you know, you say actors should learn study writing. Writers should study acting. Directors should study both. Um, right. I would encourage you to make sure you're following Michael on his social media, at Michael Jammin Writer, uh, where you're posting stuff all the time. Make sure you sign up for the watch list. We have three different segments that we put out. They're very typically writing, acting, slash directing, and then creative. And so you're, there's yeah. a lot of these tips from your social media, quick bites that you're putting out every Friday. You can sign up for that at michaeljammin.com slash watch list. And again, every Friday, nothing else. You're not spam. It's just yeah. good information you put out. And then uh, last is the the course. You know, a lot of this stuff is in the course. You have that directing video in the course, which I think is incredibly powerful. You learn a lot about yeah. that, about the process and how you're thinking about these things as a writer director, not just as a director. You're thinking about the character and the story yeah. and translating what you've done, which is very different, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, to me, it's always about, especially in TV, it's about honoring the words. So, you know, study study how words come out of, uh, how words are written in the scripts, you know. Yeah. And so you can sign up for that at michaeljammin.com slash course. And of course, a free yeah. lesson if you want to see what that looks like at michaeljammin.com slash free. Uh, really good stuff in there, too. We talked about a lot. Yeah. We need to beat that horse again. So I'm touring the country, or at least starting, starting to tour a little bit, some cities uh, with my performing my stage, my collection of stage work, uh, for my, for my forthcoming book, A Paper Orchestra. So if you want to come see my show and you want to find out what cities I am going to be in, uh, then go to michaeljammin.com slash live and enter your email. And I'll just keep you posted. And, and you, you enter your email and you what city you live in, what city, what, you know, what your closest city is. And then I'll send you a notice when I get there and, and you can come uh, catch that if you want at michaeljammin.com slash live. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Until the next episode of our podcast, be safe. Thank you. Bye-bye. This has been an episode of Screenwriters Need to Hear This with Michael Jamin and Phil Hudson. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, and sharing this podcast with someone who needs to hear today's subject. For free daily screenwriting tips, follow Michael on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Michael Jamin Writer. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Phil A. Hudson. This episode was produced by Phil Hudson and edited by Dallas Crane. Until next time, keep writing.